You got everything? I got everything. I got All my... Right. Got your coffee? My coffee, got my cigar. Now, why... Why do you like? So I had to get your coffee today. Yes. And I can't just go and get you an americano. No. no. I have to say to them, I would like a grande americano with room, room, two cups, double cup, one sleeve, one sleeve. That's right. Okay. So I sound like a total jerk when I go to Starbucks to get you your special fancy. It's drink. not fancy. There's nothing oh my, fancy. Oh about no, that. no. The drink itself is fine, but no, I need. But I need two cups for two baby cups hands. For you baby can't hands. handle it. And it's a hot. Sleeve. If you have two cups, you don't need a sleeve. No, I like the sleeve. It feels good. It everything feels good about it. tearing down the creation and wasting trees and stuff. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna get oil all up in this. This is that doesn't even make it. So I have to. So when I do it, I have to say, "Hi, yeah, I'd like um, need a grande americano with room, double cup, and a sleeve." It's it's for my friend. What? I have what? to do that because I don't want them thinking that I'm the jerk, and then I just go flat white, grande, boom, done. That's it. There's nothing wrong with right. my drink. Welcome my drink. to uh, Doctrine and Devotion. This is a podcast that explores the Christian faith. From a Reformed Baptist perspective, mm-hmm. we have some fun uh, today. Uh, we're just kind of hanging out. We're just chatting. We don't really have a big agenda. No, but who are you? Yeah. Oh, I did I, I say? Even, I don't even know who you are. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I am Jimmy Fowler. I am elder candidate here at Redeemer Fellowship. Awesome. How's your family? My family is doing really well. Yeah. Loving them, they're uh, loving life, and yeah. I heard uh, I heard you made breakfast for everybody. I did make breakfast this morning. Uh, they love it when I make it. They like pancakes and bacon and eggs. No breakfast burritos. Why? Why do you assume breakfast burrito? Because I know you. You like you. You are. A, yeah. Okay. I like bur- first of all, you like burritos. I love burritos, I, and, and you, I love breakfast burritos. I think right. you had, you used to have breakfast burritos all the time. Well, now you're. Like losing lots of weight and low Well, carbon. yeah, and my wife didn't know that I was having it all the time. <laughs> okay. Oh, so, so you were making it on the side? I might have been making it on the side, okay. heading over there. I'd but, have like a little bit of breakfast at home, and then I'd stop over at Jalapeno Grill and get a breakfast oh, burrito. See? Jimmy's down like 30. Hey, 45. 45, 45 pounds. 45. Dang, I'm up. You are up. So, that, hey. I'm not that's like not a, cool, man. Not like up by much. No, 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 wow, thanks. So and you also made dinner last night. You made dinner, you made last, dinner night. last night. Made breakfast today. Yeah, dinner last night was more of like a a date night, like a home date. My kids were gone. Oh, the kids were gone. Okay. The kids, yeah, yeah, all right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, um, well, let's talk about family. Let's talk about family. How's your family? Actually, I didn't even ask. I have no idea. I hardly see them anymore. I'm so busy. Do they even know that you're their father? Oh yeah, yeah. They know. They just they forget what I look like. Mm. That's probably a blessing, though. Yeah. I mean, out of sight, out of mind. Out of sight, out of mind. Pain. Uh, family Less is ugly. good, and we are in the middle of crazy things, man. We're, we're getting ready to move. We're buying a house. So we can be closer to the church, and uh, that is a big ordeal because my family mm-hmm. is uh, not just my wife and I and our four awesome kids, but it's also my mom and dad. They live with us, and my grandmother. She's 93. So all of us... Uh, are crammed into a house and we're moving into a house that is a little better setup and more room. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be nice. So walk out basement. Yeah. We're going to do all of that. That's, uh, that's coming up. So yeah, we're really busy with that. I'm, and it's a, it's a nice big multi-million dollar house, man. I'm really well, it's like, not Furtick level. It's not Furtick level. It's like, 
What's that guy's name that's around here? Oh, it would have been funny. It would have been oh, Don't funny. call out local guys. We got to talk to them. We don't, he no, doesn't talk sh- to uh, us. Yeah, he talks to me. No. Doesn't talk to you. He, he talks, talks to me. I know him. Hey, that's enough. So anyway, <laughs> um, no, the family is good. Uh, we're, uh, we, have, we, we have fun. We have a good time. Kids are all great, but they're all going through their different stages and, mm. you know, uh, annoying me at times and I'm annoying them. And, a lot. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's, we're e- all eager to move so that things will get back to normal. But I know like, Family is something that that we talk a lot about. Yeah. And you, Jimmy, you are you are big on family. I, I'll call you, I'll text you, I'll be like, "Hey man, let's hang out, let's do this," and you're like, "Nope, can't." Family time. Family like, time. I'm like, just now, and like, wrap it up, man. Wrap it up. Like, come on. And you're like, "No, no, no, man. I'm not. I'm not cheating on my family time." Yeah, I mean, you're making me sound like I'm I'm great at this, and I, the honestly, you know, uh, I need a lot of help in in this area, and so part of it is is learning from. People like Pastor Pat and, yeah, and yourself, man. the family man, um, on what it means to to shepherd our families well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's a growing process. There's some things I'm good at. There's a lot of things I'm terrible at, as my wife can testify to. Yeah, I think one of the, honestly, the, one of the big influences in my life, I mean, obviously my dad was a, was a big influence. Even as a non-Christian, my dad was only converted, you know, years, a few years ago. Um, but all throughout his life, he was always very devoted, very attentive, a very good father. And he didn't yeah. have a dad growing up. So, you know, my interactions with him had a big impact on me. But I would say after that, if I'm, if I'm being totally honest, the big influence and encouragement to me in being a good dad and a good husband came from uh, our friend Steve McCoy. Oh, uh, Pastor Steve is an all-star dad, and um, man, he has, over the years, encouraged me and corrected me, uh, and it's, it's made a big difference. So, yeah, man. So, why don't we talk about uh, family, family life, family okay. ministry. Let's do it. All, all of as that As best stuff. as we can. Yeah, know. right, from our, you know, fallen, frail perspective and practice. That's yeah, what we're some of the do. things that we would like to do better, okay. you know, and some right. of the things, maybe even, uh, how, well, just some of our mistakes maybe. Yeah, sure. I mean, you could talk about your mistakes. Yeah. 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 Well, last time you shared a mistake, man, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty big. Yeah. I didn't appreciate that. I don't know. You shared it. I shared it, but I thought we were going to both be open and honest. So this I was time, open and honest. No, this time you're, yeah, but yours was kind of, you're going first this time. Okay. I'll, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to make that mistake twice. <laughs> So well, let's talk about the priority of the family, right? Like, wh- what does it mean? Like, should family be a priority? And, and if so, what does that look like? I mean, I would say, obviously, yes. I would say family should be a priority uh, for us. What does that look like is, um, I think, up for, up for debate, right? Like, and, I, and I don't know how that, that sounds bad, right? Like, in the sense... Um, no, every family's different. Every family's different. Yeah. So your family's going to have different needs. Michelle is my wife uh and i think i would say jen as well um wait jen is your wife no, no. that's confusing no, no no okay fine your wife jen as okay. well as my wife michelle um they are high capacity like high yeah. high functioning yeah uh Women workhorses, workhorses. <laughs> that, that, that's not that's in the not best mean. sense of, of the word. Like they, but the thing is, like they can function really well without us. If yeah. I would actually even say, I, a lot of times they function better when we are not around. Right? Yeah, they they are high capacity, strong workers, uh, like the great women in the Re- Reformation yeah. tradition. Yeah. Right. Like um, Catherine von Bora, mm-hmm. you know Luther's wife. She. Uh, 
you know, she managed the the farm, the, right. the the garden. She ran the brewery, which is pretty sweet. That is. She awesome. uh, and she could handle Luther. Yeah, I mean, he was like us, a jerk, a difficult man, uh, difficult so, man. Yes. Yeah. That. Yeah. Or a jerk. Or a jerk. So yeah. So you were saying like our wives are high capacity, like you know, strong women, and they understand the calling that God has given us and that God has given them. Right. In that they're they are, I I think have embraced. Um, embrace that they share us right yeah. and so like we're not we're not around i think as often as other husbands are we try to be home for dinner you know we try to be there at night we try to be there on the weekends you know uh and spending time and everything but the reality of of ministry is sometimes we're pulled away for for meetings or for counseling emergencies or emergencies or even just even sermon prep trying to trying to finalize you know what we're going to say on sunday and so i think when i say prior to the family um I think what we're what I'm meaning by that uh, is that when we are with our family, the family comes first. Yeah. Right. That when we are with them, um, all other things are kind of put aside. And so that's even Mm -hmm. even as like I got in trouble last night and uh, when my when you and I were texting back and forth, you you were texting me, right? You were texting me. I I was telling you to stop it. I don't remember that. I have all the text messages. I'm going to bring it up. Okay, I'm lying. Okay, I was (laughs) we were texting back and forth. and and Michelle was like, "Hey, can you just put your phone away? Yeah, I wife, don't feel like I'm being heard right now." And she was right. My wife and said the same thing. Your wife says it. <laughs> we are terrible people. Um, and so, yeah, like when you're there, you're you're there. Yeah. So to prioritize the family would mean, I guess, that you know this gets complicated. But they come first. That's right. Right. They come first. But what that looks like and what that means. Uh, is different. Like exactly. one, of, one of the things that we like to say is that our families are our first ministry. That's right. But that doesn't mean that we don't have to say, I have to go, I've got to take care of this. Um, or that we don't have to make sacrifices, uh, you know, with our family at certain times. Yeah. But certainly like what you're saying is that they get our attention, that we That's are right. invested, that, That's right. um, and really this, this breaks down into it like different things, right? Like how do we disciple our kids mm-hmm. and encourage our spouse? And how do we handle something like family worship and, mm-hmm. uh, and just being present, right? I mean, that's really what you're talking about here. Yeah. Like when you're there, you're there. I know Jen, you know, for a while I was way overworking and very, very distracted all the time. And uh, we, we just had to have an agreement that when I got home, my phone would get turned off and I'd lay it aside or plug it in and charge it. And, uh, and what happens is, is I'll do that now, but over, over time it creeps back on me. Yeah, I'm going to say you text me a lot. So you, I think you text me more and you FaceTime me. Why do you FaceTime Because I want to see your face. You're the only dude that FaceTimes I me. like FaceTime. I don't have people. any, you know how it's like, I got, now I got to look at you and you got to look at me. Yeah, but I like, want to see like what you're smoking, it does, what bourbon you're drinking. It makes you think I'm, it, look. If, just, maybe I, maybe and, I catch and, and you in the shower. You, you will, I don't you, know. You will FaceTime me sometimes just to say one thing. Yeah, I want to say, That's hey, what's just, up? All right. There's nothing wrong with you, that. You overuse and abuse FaceTime. I do. We're going to have an intervention. Ask anybody else at Redeemer. You <laughs> I FaceTime everybody. I'm the FaceTime king. You FaceTime I newcomers. Like, First timers. You're like, hey, man, I'm going to FaceTime you today. I'm going to FaceTime all over this. So um, what are we talking about? We're talking, you're talking about being present. All right. So yeah, being present. It tends to drift back and Jen has to remember, hey, you're on your phone. Mm-hmm. Put it away. You know, don't, don't, I want you to be here. I want you to be with us. Sometimes it doesn't even mean that we're doing anything together. They, yeah. they just it's good to be home and, and to not be absent. You know, you can be home and be absent. You know, you can be home and can be completely distracted, but sometimes you can be home 
and uh, be doing something else and just your presence, your physical presence is good. It's not enough, but sometimes that's something that is valuable as well. Well, what about, what about like the, the, the formal things Mm -hmm. like, um, like discipling your kids? How, how do you go about that? Or what are some, what are some principles that you think are, are important in that guide you? Yeah. Um, like I said, at the beginning, not perfect at this, not perfect at all. And it kind of ebbs and flows for us. Um, I mean, one of the things I, I appreciate about Redeemer, um, is the strong emphasis that Pastor Pat has had on, on family discipleship. And so encouraging families, um, to be in the word together, uh, to be praying together, to be worshiping together. So part of, uh, discipling my kids, um, is doing kind of some memory verses. We go through memory verses, uh, some great resources, um, from what's it called? Children's Desiring God. Uh, they've got some flashcards. Those are fantastic. We just kind of go through it and the kids, you know, will will be memorizing and they'll recite it back and they got pictures on the back so they can kind of yeah. help remember. Uh, the other part is having like the children's storybook Bible and yeah, other kind of children's Bibles uh, where we read in the morning together um, and they, they all sit around and we just kind of take, take turns kind of reading through it and looking at the pictures. Um, and even in that though, asking them questions, asking them questions like, what do you think this means? You know, why is this important? Um, What does this, what does this teach us about Jesus and who he is and what he has done for us? Uh, And I think another aspect of discipling your kids is, you know, the Sunday morning service. Um, I love our children's minister here. I think I'm just, I'm obviously partial to it. I think uh, the children's ministry at Redeemer Fellowship is, is baller. I think our teachers are fantastic. I think the curriculum is great. I think the leadership, um, as a whole is, is doing a bang up job. But what I value even more than that is when we do with the Lord's supper every week Yeah. and the children are there with us and, you know, Cohen comes up, uh, my oldest son comes up with us. He's four years old right now. And he walks up with us Michelle and I will take it and we'll go sit back down and he doesn't take, he doesn't partake. Um, but we ask him, why are we doing this Cohen? What does the bread mean? What does the cup mean? What does this all symbolize? And we talk about that for a few moments with him, the importance of it. Um, and I, and I feel like it's, it's, it's formative for him, right? It's, it's, it's him learning at an early age, the gospel, Mm -hmm. uh, that we are, we are sinners in need of God's grace and that Jesus uh, made a way and has redeemed us and brought us home. Yeah. So I guess for me, you know, like I said, it's imperfect because my kids are two, three and four. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's, it's a, uh, it's kind of small and minute. We don't really go deep. It's not like we're into Calvin's institutes at this time. Um, but so how would you, as, as you've got some older kids, right? How do you disciple your children? I'd be interested to hear that. Yeah. Well, the, I think the the big principle for us, because we've done different things over the years, right? We've done catechesis, mm-hmm. uh, we've done uh, the Jesus Storybook Bible, and so depending on the ages of our kids and the number of kids that we have and the stage of life, we've done different things at different times. So I think all of those are really good. I don't think there's just one way to disciple your kids. Yeah. Um, like family worship is is great, and there are ways to do that. There's also ways to really oppress and freak your kids out with it. Oh yeah. So um, we're I'm pro family worship, and we can talk about that. But I think the the most important principle in discipling your kids 
is that prayer and the word be a regular part, mm-hmm. uh, an integral, in, integral, 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 important, important place, important <laughs> in the life of your family. You right? sound like me. No, so no it's like, um, okay, so Deuteronomy, for example, I just opened this up on my phone. Deuteronomy 6, you guys know this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. I think discipling your kids ought to be just a built-in natural part of daily life. Mm -hmm. So whether you're having dinner or you're going to uh, the water park, that it isn't weird for scripture to come up. In fact, it's normal. And like you said, lots of questions. I, yeah. I think it's important to, to not only instruct and to say, here, this is true about God, um, but to ask them follow-up questions to see like, how they're processing it. Uh, and also, what do they believe? You know, I've, we've, we don't shame our children when they admit, it, when they confess at some point early on, like, I don't know if I believe. You know, our youngest, uh, I'm sorry, our oldest Oldest son, son. uh, what's his name, Eli? (laughs) Even I know better. (laughs) Eli, you know, Eli used to say, I don't know. This is hard to believe. This is Mm -hmm. confusing to me. And he would say, I don't know if I believe. And later on, you know, he was converted and it really happened. I mean, we, of course, sowed a lot of seed and, and did all of this, but his conversion actually happened when he was at the Sojourn Youth Group here. That's right. And uh, Jake was teaching, and Eli was converted. He came and told me, he's like, this, this just happened. And he didn't pray a sinner's prayer. He, didn't, he, he went from not believing to believing. Yeah. And so we just started talking. He told me, and we started talking. And, um, and I said, so you believe? I mean, because you used to say you, were, you, know, you didn't know if you believed. And he said, no, Dad, I didn't know if God even existed. Hmm. I wasn't just wrestling with whether or not I believed. I was wrestling with, you know, who is God. And this is like a, you know, 10, 11 year old kid. Yeah. So, but I, questions I think, are good. Yeah. But I think just going back to that though, um, and that example, I think first it's a, it's a testimony to, uh, how good our God is mm-hmm. and, and the grace of God, um, in, in calling your son. That's something that we all desire for our children that God would, would rescue, you know, would, would re- call them to himself at a young age right. and that they would know him. But secondly, I think what's really incredible about that, uh, and a testimony to, and I'm not trying to blow smoke around, but well, mainly Jen, Jen's fantastic. But in you, uh, is there is an honesty there. I think there's uh, for a number of, of kids, Christian kids, and particularly even pastors, kids, this expectation, uh, that they either that they they walk a certain way, they talk a certain way, right. they act a certain way, um, and they need to fall in line to that. And you guys, and I think we all need to create that space where our kids can be honest with us and mm-hmm. say, "I I don't want to do this. I I struggle with this. I don't understand this. I don't believe in this." Um, without I, without saying, "Shut up, you believe." You shut up, you, you believe. Right now, quiet. no dessert, no yeah. dessert for you. Wow, you went right to dessert. I went, yeah, well, who cares about the meal? My kids don't care about dessert. My boys care about PlayStation 4. Okay, no PlayStation 4. There you go. Until you believe. Um, and I think it's better for our kids to be questioning and asking mm-hmm. uh, of us now right. rather than let them go off on their own 
in college or university or wherever else uh, where others are going to be influencing them, uh, I think, negatively. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think the, the honest space and, you know, uh, we're not going to do a podcast on pastor's kids because this is really for everybody and that would be pretty narrow. But, mm. you know, the, one of the stereotypes is that pastor's kids are, just as you said, really kind of locked up yeah. and locked down. And we push really hard against that. Our church does not have any weird expectations of our kids. Not that you know of. We, we all talk about it. Oh, really? Behind yeah. my back? Behind uh, your back. Then not, we must be failing miserably because my kids are all weird and uh, they are not <laughs> They're not afraid to just be themselves, and we even talk to them about that. So I think that's good. But discipling your kids, uh, I think for us, I would say it needs to be a part of the natural rhythm, and yeah. you can do different things in there. One of the things that we do is we pray um, every, you know, all the time. But we pray. I, I love to pray for them in the evening, yeah. and I, I pray over them. And you know, I lay my hands upon each kid. I go into their room, and I, I say, you know, a, a, a simple prayer. But it, it is a prayer that always includes. Um, you know, regardless of you know where they're at, I, I pray that God would would bless them and keep them, that yeah. He would guard their hearts, that He would protect them from evil, and I pray that God would cause them to grow. That um, that I pray that by God's grace they would love Him with all their heart and follow Him all of their days. Mm. And th- if if we don't, if I don't pray for them, they don't get pray. If Jen doesn't pray for them, they're like, hey, we gotta. What's going on? We, got, we, we really need to do this. So prayer is, is definitely an important part of discipling the kids, the word. And then, yes, find the tools. If you like catechesis, use that. We'll link some in the show notes. If, uh, mm-hmm. if you, you want to use the storybook Bible, do that. You know, family worship can be hard because you imagine it as we're all going to sit around and we're going to read the Bible and we're going to talk and pray. Pull our guitar out. We're going to sing a song. Oh, what? Kumbaya. That's not a reference anymore. No, it is. Kumbaya. No, nobody sings that. I do. Is that a Hawaiian song? Why does that have to do with anything? You, you look you Hawaiian. Know, you go back. I look like everything. Every single, every single nationality. You pretty much do. You could pass for a lot of different. I guys. do pass for a lot of things. I know. So, like when you get pulled over. When I not all, yeah. Well, that's DWB. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, what are we talking about? Uh, when well, we were just talking about uh, discipling our kids and doing the tools and doing the tools, and we're going to link to them, and I think next. We want to talk about encouraging your spouse. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Okay. So I think encouraging your spouse, I think there's two elements to this. I think first, how we talk to our spouse. Yeah. Uh, and two, how, I hate using the word encourage, so I'm trying to think of something. How do we help motivate, maybe motivate yeah. Yeah. Um, our spouse in their faith, Yeah. but I think also in, in their own callings right. that God has given them, yeah, right? That's good. Yeah, I think, you know, when, when, when I'm looking at this objectively, I, I want my wife to be, and she wants me to be, mm-hmm. this goes both ways. We want each other to be strong in the Lord yeah. and joyful. That's right. That's what we want. And so using the right words in the right way at the right time, you know, to encourage them means we know them. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know your spouse well, you will not be able to encourage them because you won't know what their fears are, their That's anxieties right. are. And you won't know them if you're not listening to them. That's right. And most men struggle with listening uh, to their wives because sometimes they just talk a lot and they go really, they go really into detail and they tell not, this. Not Michelle. They My stories Michelle, go, her, her stories are fantastic. Oh, really? Yeah. Are they long? No, no, they're just the right length. Are they, how long is that? Whatever she deems needed. <laughs> because I know like Jen, she wants to not just tell me 
what happened and give me the facts, which is what I would do. She wants to paint the picture. And so there are lots of details and things and all of those are important to her. And what I want to say is, all right, let, uh, okay, get to the point, get to the thing. Tell me, say Move the on, thing. I only have so much time in this day. Yeah. yeah I got, I, Jimmy's texting me. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but that's important to her. So I got to listen. We have to listen mm-hmm. to our spouses to understand them. And then, then we are able to actually motivate them, encourage them, direct them with the word mm-hmm. and with the right words uh, in every area that they're in. And there's different ways of doing that. Right. I mean, so sometimes it's affirming them where they need aff- affirming. Yeah. And, Oftentimes it's going to mean sharing the word with them. That's right. And that can be that can be awkward. Sharing the word. Sharing the word. If, like, are you talking about like like Bible study together? Or are you talking about throughout the day? I think anything, yeah. right? I mean, it's it, it, when Jen and I were dating and when we were engaged, we read the Bible together all the time. Mm-hmm. We studied the Bible together, and as soon as we got married, it got weird. It just felt weird, and I've, I, I don't, I don't, I can't explain why that was, but there was some dynamic change there. And yeah, we, now you ha- you were able to have sex. That was awesome, but that only takes up so much time. And so well, during, for you. During the rest of the time, we have, um, we have the opportunity to, to talk and to dialogue. And when I, I would want to bring up scripture, or maybe she would, it felt just weird. Hmm. I, I, I don't, like I said, I don't have an explanation for that. So, um, and I, I but hear- I think it feels weird for everyone at first, though, right? Like, I, I think so. Because you know, for Michelle and I, we, we do this off and on. It's not like we're, we're really great at this. Uh, and the onus is on me. It's not, it's not Michelle's failure in this regard. It, it's my failure as, as a husband and as a father uh, called to shepherd my family that, you know, uh, we try to, at night, uh, we go through something together. So, you know, every day we have a passage and we're studying it um, individually, but then at night before we go to bed, we get together and we kind of talk through our notes. We journal about it throughout the day. Uh, if there's something that comes up during the day, we'll send that to each other. Um, and then at night, you know, we go through it and, and we pray for each other. We pray for our kids. And at first it felt really awkward, right? Like it mm-hmm. felt like, like a, not like a class, but it, it just felt weird. Like unnatural, said, unnatural. Like, shouldn't we be watching Netflix right now and chilling? Like why, why are we, uh, sitting here around this? And if it, it's counterintuitive, but it's, it's so important though. It really is so important for, for our family, uh, for my faith and for my wife's faith that we are spending time together, encouraging each other in our faith. It's not going to feel natural until it is. That's right. And you've got to start by you know building the laying the foundation building the structure and eventually you build this home that you live in and it's your home it feels mm-hmm. natural but it, yeah it, it does take time and there's different ways that i encourage guys and and you know husbands and wives to encourage each other uh, in the word and one way is to simply share what god is teaching you mm. if you feel like i have nothing spiritual to say to my wife or if you feel like i have no biblical words for my husband is likely because you are not spending time in the Word for yourself. Yeah. Because if you are, then God's going to want you. He's going to motivate you to share that with others. So you can just share like, wow, man, God's rocking my world. Like I was reading Proverbs 3 today, you know, verse 5, and holy smokes, man. He really impressed upon me Mm. uh, something that I I wasn't ready for, and and now I'm ready to deal with it. You can share that, and that can go a good, uh, that can produce some good fruit. Another thing you can do is you can um, ask them if you know that they're in the Word. What yeah. are you reading? Yeah, what's you know, going on? You know, and you got to be sensitive there because if they weren't in the Word that day, or if they haven't been meditating on Scripture recently, they might feel like you're checking up on them and, yeah. and condemning them. 
So, you know, whether when you do that as a husband or a wife, it's good to know that they're in the word when you ask them, like, hey, what'd you read today? And then they can share that. And then you can draw out that conversation. There's, like I have a board with stickers on it. And whenever uh, Michelle says, yeah, I was reading, I give her a sticker, a star. Is it a star? A star. To a, put little chart, a, a little chart. A little chart. A star chart. A star for, chart. I like this. For, for scripture reading. So, I don't do that. That'd be terrible to do. I, I don't know. No, that's a terrible I'm idea. I'm going to try it. Don't try, try it. it. Don't try it. I used to say to my wife, when we first got married, I'd be like, um, so uh, how, how'd it go in the Bible today? What'd you read? And she'd be like, what are you talking about? And I would say, well, you read the Bible, right? And she said, no, I didn't get to it. And I would say, well, why not? Like, open that word, baby. Get going. <laughs> read that Bible. Because that's what you and I would say to each other. Yeah. Like, hey, man. Get off your butt. Read that Bible. That's right. Like, yeah, look, you, like take but it you seriously. can't do that there. It does. It, it does no. not work. You know what it did? Uh, it made her mad and resentful. Yeah, she, she, she. I think she was like, "I ain't reading my Bible now." Nope. You bossing me around, telling me to read my Bible. Um, so yeah, one of our church planters, Tom, he's planted a church in Naperville, mm -hmm. and uh, I know he does this. Uh, he, he'll get up in the morning and uh, he gets up early and he has his quiet time. But before he goes out uh, and works, he'll, uh, he'll make his wife some coffee and he'll lay out her Bible and her journal that she likes and he just kind of sets a place for it and he leaves. And she loves, he's, he's an all-star, man. My gosh, now everyone's gonna be listening. Our wives are gonna want that. Oh man, I ain't doing that. I'm not doing that. Tom, good for you. <laughs> thanks, Tom. Tom. Thanks, Tom. Making us all look bad. No, I mean, it's it's cool. He just knows like that encourages her. That's that motivates right. her. It's very I, loving of him. And I think it's like, she's like, oh, cool. He's already got me set up. Whereas, you know, she's got baby and That's all this right. stuff going on. And it, maybe, maybe it'd be harder if he didn't do that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's different ways uh, to do it. But I think you got to know your wife. You got to know your husband. You have to be ready to, to speak encouraging words and sometimes corrective words yeah. in order to motivate them. And I think another aspect of encouraging our spouse is, uh, and I don't think we have to dwell too long on this, but is um, in, in the calling that God has given them. And I, and I mean that in the sense of vocationally. There are some, there are some wives uh, out there that are called to be at home. And there are some wives that uh, sense a call to to wider ministry or even to um, uh, just employment. Right. And I, you know, we want to encourage our spouse in that. Cause I think sometimes as, as conservatives um, we, there's an impression out there, I would say. And I think it's, I'm, I'm using a very broad brushstroke of, you know, the wife is supposed to be home barefoot, pregnant, making us a sandwich. And I don't mm. think that's right. I don't think that's, that's helpful or healthy right. or biblical by any means. You know, for Michelle, uh, I know that that God has called her to be a nurse. She's got all her training as a nurse. Uh, she's at home right now with the kids. And when she's ready, you know, and I want to encourage her in that. Michelle, when when you're ready, go, right. you know, go do that. Because I know that that's what God has called you to do. Yeah. Plus the paycheck. <laughs> right to the paycheck. Paycheck. I need more cigars. I need more leather bags. I need more shoes. So I need Michelle to go work. You're a diva. You're I'm kind, my, you're kind of a I diva. am kind of a diva. So, yeah, I mean, and like, I, I, I so love what she's doing because she's like, listen, my kid, you guys have three kids. Yep. And she's like, well, they're young. They're, I mean, I'm spending all this time with That's them. Right. And as they're going to school and stuff, she has more time and she can get back to nursing and all That's of right. that. You know, I think that's, that's really good. So I, I think... I think you're totally right. Understanding your, your wife's calling or your husband's calling mm -hmm. and, and really locking arms with them and saying, hey, I'm for you in this. That's right. Uh, obviously, sometimes what somebody says is a calling 
isn't a calling. It's just a distraction. Yeah. And then you have to regroup. You have to confront that and deal with it. But in the, in the positive sense, what you're saying, absolutely. What about, what about uh, having fun? Having fun? Yeah, like I'm pointing at Jimmy. To, I'm, I'm pointing at Jimmy right now to, to tell him to restrain himself. I, I, okay, like? so having fun. What I mean, here, I'll give you an example. I was, uh, uh, my, no, don't do the bow chicka bow. We, um, so I was at home. I came home one day and my daughter, Catherine, she's the 15 year old now. This was mm-hmm. when she was like four. She wanted to play dragon. And playing dragon means I get on my hands and knees and crawl around the living room and she hits me with sticks. Because uh, she's got to kill the dragon, mm-hmm. which is it's not fun. No, it does it, not it's a sound like a terrible fun at game. All. I, I I don't like it. It hurts, and uh, and I, I would rather not do that. Mm-hmm. And so that's what she wants to do. And I'd be like, well, you know, why don't we uh, why don't we color? Coloring's cool. You chill. Mm-hmm. Just color. Get your coloring book. She's like, nah, I want to want to kill the dragon. And I was complaining about this to my friend Steve McCoy, and Steve said, Joe, you need to do what she wants to do. She's not gonna want to play dragon forever. Um, she doesn't want to have your fun. She yeah. wants to have fun. Like you need to be not just present, but you really need to participate in That's this. That's right. So, uh, I mean, you're a fun guy. You like to have fun with your kids. Mm-hmm. I know we both, you know, like to bust our kids' chops and That's make right. them laugh. And we're silly. We get really silly with them. Um, what's the importance of having fun? Well, I think uh, some of the importance of having fun is that I, I think kids understand that there's that they're valued, right? Like mm-hmm. I think that they understand that they're that daddy. Or mommy is taking time, uh, and they don't, I don't think they understand all the business that's going on. But I think for that moment, there's a sheer joy right. that mommy or daddy is spending time with me, doing what I want to do. Yeah, and I, sharing so, in the joy, sharing in the joy um, with them in that, and, and it's going to depend on the on the kid, yeah. right? You know, Cohen loves uh, Legos, so I got to build Legos with Cohen. Ariana loves her baby, so I got to sit there and hold a baby with her. Uh, Elias likes to wrestle around and hit and play baseball, so that I'll do that with them. And right, I'm, you know, right. um, and but also they all love uh, playing Lego Star Wars on on the Xbox, yeah. and so I got to sit there and play with them, uh, letting them each take turns while I'm doing everything, and they're messing everything up, and we can't beat the level because they stink at the game. Yeah, uh, but that's joy for them; they get really right. excited. Um, there's like no sense of time. There shouldn't be any sense of duty in that. That's right? right. It's like, well, mom and dad have to make the dinner. They have to tuck me in at bed at night. They've got to do these things. But Maybe, they want to be with me. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the joy angle. I think that's really good, man. You know, I asked, uh, Dr. Aiken, Danny Aiken is the president of Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. It's a good seminary. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Aiken is legit. Uh, I happened to be in a room with him at one point. And uh, I do what I always do. If I meet uh, a man or a woman who has raised children who love the Lord, they're following the Lord, yeah. I corner them and I say, just give me 60 seconds. Um, what would you tell me as a father raising children? What's the most important thing I need to be doing to raise my kids in a way that honors the Lord and blesses them? Hmm. And I get a lot of different responses because I ask everybody, not everybody, but I ask a lot of people this question. And Dr. Aiken says, that's easy. Love your, you know, Wait, does he, he sound like that? He, yeah, he says what he sounds like. He's like oh, I didn't he know goes, that's him. He goes, he goes, that's easy. Love Jesus and have fun. Have fun. If you love Jesus and have fun, your kids are going to be all right. Hmm. And I thought, man, that's just really good. That is really good. If you love Jesus, if, if Christ is really 
uh, exalted in your home, if you know the Lord and love the Lord, and if you're having fun with your kids, your kids are going to be okay. Now, he could write a whole book, of course, yeah. on how to raise kids. I told him 60 seconds. Like, give, give me a, a short little uh, piece here. And uh, I thought that was really, really good. I like that. So having fun. What about, um, go ahead. Hold on, hold on. Before we're moving on. Okay. You said having fun. We have fun with our kids. Yeah. Now, oh. what does that mean with our spouse? Well, it means that... This is the part everybody wants to talk about. Yeah. It, it means that... The sa- it means the same thing, hmm. that we have to know our spouses and make sure that we are sharing in their joy. That's right. And, and not forcing them to merely share our joys Hmm. so i think knowing what they want to do and catering to their interests right i mean the bible is big on this consider one another as worthy of more honor than yourself submit to one another Mm -hmm. Um, i think this is really important when we're finding out like well okay if we're going to see a movie what does she want to see uh or if we're going to go out to eat where would she like to eat or if you know wow my, my wife loves to go outside and be in, in the sun and go to the pool. <laughs> what are you laughing about? Because I know what's about to happen. Because I know you. I want to be inside with the blinds drawn, smoking like, a cigar. Like dwarfish? Do dwarves dwell inside? Dwarves del- dwell underground. No, they don't. Dwarves do. Yes, they do. What are you talking about? They they go in the mountain. Have you not seen No, Lord that's like a troll. That's Trolls not a troll. The trolls are there, but no, dwarves. Dwarves make their, their, their home... In the mountain, no, Watch like the, the, the Keebler dwarves with the cookies, they live in a tree. Okay, I'm talking about Lord of the Rings, Gimli. Right, they go. He was outside the, the whole time. Yeah, no, he came out to help and rescue, but his home, or his at least his cousin's home, or his uncle's home, or someone's home, was in the mountain. Dwarves like it deep. Okay, inside, cold, dank, dark. Okay, that is definitely me. That is you. Okay, so I prefer that. Jen wants to be outside in the heat, in the sun. She wants to go to the pool and all that, and I don't want to do that. And so I have to say, well, Jesus calls me to deny myself, hmm. right, and, 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 and to serve her, to love her, to seek her good. So it means that I need to push myself in that area. So I think having fun with your spouse definitely means putting their interests first and, yeah. and learning to enjoy what they're into at whatever level that's possible. That's right. And certainly not making her feel miserable because she drug you along, mm-hmm. she dragged you along to this event, and now I'm outside in the stinking sun with my vampiric flesh, and uh, I'm just cooking and complaining. Instead, I need to go and make the most of that time. And I think, uh, I mean, we're, we kind of alluded to it, but like regular date nights, right? Like having those regular times with your spouse where it's just you two um, going off and it doesn't always have to just be dinner and a movie or dinner and a show or, or whatever. It could be just going for a walk or just spending time outside, all those things. But I think making that regular time, though, to do it because, I mean, it's easy for us to get distracted with everything that's going on in our lives that we neglect spending time with each other. Um, and so I think just making sure that we're intentional about it, set it, put it in the calendar, have reminders about it. And I think as men, I'm, I'm going to say this specifically, I think as men, I think our wives want to be wooed. I think they want to know that you put some effort into mm-hmm. it, that you put some thought into the date night. Uh, and so change it up, do some things like, like Joe saying that, that she wants to do, um, but actually plan it out, plan it out ahead of time and be creative in that. Yeah. I like that a lot. And you know, you may not have money to do date night. I mean, Jen and I were so broke for so long. Date night meant, um, going to 
um, uh, Blockbuster mm. and getting a movie and going back to our house and watching that. What's Blockbuster? <laughs> and it would wind up costing us like $20 because... I wouldn't return it on time. So, yeah. It was, so it really was, didn't help. No, it didn't help. <laughs> but yeah, you, you, you know, you, you can do something. You can, you can go for a walk. That's you right. know, you can, listen, go and get, uh, go to a, a diner and share a cup of coffee. But getting out or going somewhere or in some way making it a time when you guys are now just focusing on each other. Uh, date night. People bash on date night. They make fun of Why? us for doing date nights. Well, because they don't know how to do it. And right. Because if you know how to do it, everybody's happy. Yeah, yeah. So everybody's happy. All right, let's let's talk about um, the maybe the opposite side of this. Mm-hmm. Family's important. That's right. It's it's a critical importance. So our first ministry, we say a lot. That's right. But family is not God. That's right. Family should not be an idol, and it's mm-hmm. easy to become absolutely an idol. What's the danger there? Well, I think exactly what you're saying. Like um, where we find our identity in the family unit itself. Right. Uh, and I know of some families that, that family is so important, uh, that it is their idol that you have to do every single thing or and every single thing that you do has to fall in line, uh, to what they believe. Even if that's, even if that's contrary to what you feel God is calling you to do right. personally. Right. Um, and so I think it, it's, there's a danger there because like you said, there's, it, it's idolatry. It, we begin to worship it. And then, we're turning our focus and our gaze away from God Mm -hmm. and we're glorifying in something else, finding our ultimate enjoyment in something else rather than in God himself. Yeah. I think the, the, there's a, that, that, that danger of idolizing the family is real for most people uh, in, in one way or another, many homes today, especially where we where we're at on the suburbs of Chicago. uh, The family becomes an idol when the children become the center of the house. Yeah. Right, because the center of the home, where everything revolves around the kids and their schedules, and everything else is sacrificed mm. for that. Like, are you talking about? I mean, I'm just throwing this as as one example that people right. talk about a lot. But sports on Sunday, yeah, it's so, a it's a big thing in our culture. It's mm-hmm. it's and again, I'm, uh, whether you're a Sabbatarian or not, it's a whole nother podcast. Uh, so let's set that aside for now. When you allow your children and their interests and sometimes your interests forced upon them mm-hmm. when you allow that to dictate everything else there be that imbalance can create a lot of problems and it can it can short circuit the the spiritual growth of your family so i think we need to be careful about it not being a a child-centered home but it also i mean the family becomes an idol when it's a a father-centered home yeah. or a mother-centered That's home right. or a parent-centered home. And this is something my wife and I talk about. She's like, listen, we, I'm really good about it not becoming a child-centered home, but I'm not very good about it not becoming a parent-centered home mm. because that's that's more where the rubber meets the road. She has much more control, yeah. uh, much more control over the children not becoming the center. And she forgets, or I forget, that you know we need to guard against that on our end as well. And some people will so love the family unit as a whole, they will be so much about it that well the family is so important and the family wants to do x y and z and those things are going to conflict with what god calls us to do yeah and well we're just going to give up on what god calls us to do in order to ignore it because yeah lay it at the altar of family so you're not the center of your house your wife's not the center of the house your kids are not the center of the house who's the center Christ is the center of the home. I'm going to Jesus juke this. That's right. Christ is of the is the center of the home. And so, what does that mean, Joe? What does that mean? And if possible, 
what does that look like? It would, it would have been better if we prepared for all this. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I think that when we say we want God to be the center of our home, that mm -hmm. Christ is the center of our home, it means that his reign is made evident there through our values, our habits, our traditions, our, our joys, that, that Christ and his word come to characterize and influence and guide all that's happening. Yeah. So that, yes, there, is, there are baseball games and there are, um, there are camping trips and there's date night, there's all these things, but ultimately Christ has authority over them and frames them in such a way that they are governed by faith and love. Mm -hmm. That might be a way. I mean, I'm working it out in my head right yeah, now. Yeah, so it's not just like, it's not just a home that has uh, the cross displayed everywhere or pictures of white Jesus all around or little scripture sayings everywhere. It's a house that is characterized, like you said, by faith and love. And that, that's just not just for each other, though, right? right? It's not just love for each other, but I would even say love for others right love for our neighbors around us uh sharing the gospel with them you know my wife is my wife and kids are a lot better at this than i am you know i hate when people come over to my house you hate people i i don't hate people i i just you hate people outside of your home i love my house for me it's like my <laughs> fortress of solitude it's where i can go and re-energize and i'm just with my family i'm a very selfish person and so you know we have neighbors around us and we all like to get together and hang out and they like to barbecue and I like going to their house. Right. I like going to their house, eating their food, drinking their beer. But I hate when they're like, hey, man, we're going to come on over. And they all come over and they, they, drink my, they drink my bourbon. They smoke my cigars. They eat my food. And I'm just like, man. But Michelle, Michelle and my kids are always, uh, and for my kids, it's just natural. They don't mm -hmm. understand, you know, uh, they don't understand our culture right now uh, and how to, well, where the culture tells us to kind of keep quiet and, and not share. They're sharing with their, their friends. They're asking them and inviting them to church. They're inviting them to VBS. Um, they, they talk about praying to God and everything. And, um, and so they're just wife, more open. They're, they're like, much more open. Yeah. And Michelle is much more loving and intentional in, in getting to know neighbors, uh, um, specifically the wives, and spending time with them and sharing her life and sharing their life and even counseling some of them. Uh, through some of the things that they're going through. And I think that's also part of that is not being like me. Don't mm -hmm. be Jim right. uh, and, and be it's isolated. A, it's, it's, learned, it's growing We're in our weaknesses because I'm the same. Like Jen and I are both introverts. Mm. Uh, and so naturally, you know, we're wired to just chill and be by ourselves. Yeah. And so we have to push that ourselves. Yeah, that too. And we have to push ourselves to be more hospitable and open. And, you know, the, the Bible's calling on God's people to be hospitable. That's right means that hospitality is inherently, if it's done right, a God-centered discipline. That's right. God's calling us to do this, to not just focus on our family, but for our family to be open and to be outreaching, yes. to be welcoming, so that we can treat outsiders like insiders. That's right. So that, you know, people, well, you need a place to say you can stay with us. You don't have anywhere to go on Thanksgiving, you can come with come us. Here. Or just in general, I want to share my life with you. Yeah. And that's not natural for you and me. No, it's not. But it should be a supernatural byproduct of Christ increasingly becoming the center of our home. This was helpful, man. I was encouraged by this. I was really encouraged. All right. I need to learn these things. 
Well, listen, we want to thank uh, J-Bond Media for helping us to sound good with the mics and the editing and the engineering. So if you guys need any help with images, photos, uh, video, check out J-Bond Media. Uh, Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and spread the word. Yeah, if you like it, let others know about it. Yeah, share it. And uh, we'll be uh, releasing these every week, so you can tune in next Monday for the next podcast. Thanks for checking it out. Later.